0: To get. I'm a hippity-hoppity type of player. You grab that one. <laughs> you <got> it. <laughs> damn it. Oh, no, an ice wall.
1: I found a nut.
0: Which I didn't time? volunteer for this. I didn't even get my... Thank you, coffee. Are you guys damn. ready to raid?
1: Hello, Caffeines and Calf friends. Welcome once again to the Caffeines cast. I'm your host, Perk FGC, and today I am joined by one of the Caffeines Inner Circle founding members, the one and only Space Moose. How you doing, Moose?
0: Hello. I'm doing well. To all that the comrades kidding. out there, I say hello.
1: <laughs> now, some of you listening today may remember the format, The Caffeine's Cast, which we started up last summer, where we focused solely on being a Destiny-based podcast and live streaming every Thursdays on Twitch. We ran for 26 episodes. Actually, I'm sorry, 25. Today's the 26th episode. Um, and we ran through the end of 2020, and in the start of 2021, we decided to take a little break. And sort of recalibrate the direction that our content was going. So today we're joining you once again for the return of the Caffeine's cast in a slightly different flavor. We wanted to open up our chats to be a little more broad within the gaming sphere as a whole and discussing and examining various aspects and trends of competitive gaming, genre bending, and gaming communities in their entirety, Um, especially with just how much larger the gaming industry has become in the last few years. It has now surpassed I think the film industry and something like that. I was reading something like that, some crazy, 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 crazy growth number, um, which you know, with the rise of free-to-play games like Fortnite and things like that, with their cash shops, it is uh, no wonder it's super accessible for everybody. So, with that out of the way, let's get right back into talking about Destiny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We can uh, we can start with Destiny if you wanted to, but um, let's let's jump into it. This is a new podcast. This is kind of a new. A new day for us and i wanted to talk about a couple of different things today one of them actually is uh destiny but to start it off moose what are your thoughts on competitive gaming in 2021 this year we're only Um, four months in
0: but so i feel like competitive gaming over 2020 that was just like a blackout of competitive gaming like actually being organized like if we're talking esports yeah Um, and so we're hitting this weird spot in 2021 where everyone's like trying to figure out what is now sustainable. And like, there's some games and there's like some small tournaments going, but I haven't seen anything big. And I was like thinking that this would be like, everything's like slowly getting back to normal. And Mm -hmm. like with gaming being like an online space, I was expecting there to be like a big kickoff event. This year, but I haven't seen it happen yet.
1: I was for sure that it was going to be the year of like online, like tournaments and stuff, like rising up. Like, no Street Fighter puns intended. Right, um, right.
0: But God, it ended up being like the year of Animal Crossing. It was the year of Animal Crossing, 100%. and like, like I think with all the stress and all of like current events, people like it became the year of casual gaming.
1: Yeah, I think so because I think with everything going on in twenty twenty, um. It, it absolutely was kind of like a draw for just playing games that were just relaxing, that were just fun and that you can kind of just, you know, enjoy with, I think a lot of the, the competitive spirit was certainly there. I mean, obviously we've seen like a lot of like pop-up tournaments and like, but they're, they're all condensed to these like kind of smaller things. And for those of you listening, if there's stuff that you, as part of your gaming circle, please let us know in the comments. Cause we're always looking to kind of dive into more stuff, but I guess in, in to say, Things that were on very, very, very big trending charts, we kind of saw um, a boom with like MMOs, like Final Fantasy fourteen took mm-hmm. off last year. Um, more people getting back into WoW, um, different thing- right. things like that. Things that you can kind of jump in and jump out of, but um, and I think that it was also kind of a, a case of uh, esports and things like that getting more oriented towards playing in arenas and playing live, <clears throat> and I think that that's. Something that like kind of like 2020 put a smack in the face of that, which I guess I can understand why that is. But at the same time, if you look at some of the most competitive and like the most played like um, games like your Fortnites, your Call of Duty Warzone, Warzone, actually, that's sorry about that for a second. Warzone launched right as um, the, the COVID-19 lockdown began. Right.
0: And it was it was a big launch. Humongous
1: launch. Um I remember that I remember playing the me and uh Flabedal, one of our our uh, clanmates in the in the caffeines. We played the year prior. It was the I think it was Black Ops, um, Call of Duty Black Ops. That was like their first foray into the um yeah. the uh the Battle Royale. God, the name escaped me. Like it's in <laughs> it's in my face every day and I forgot about it. Um but that like Battle Royale escape and it was fun, like they actually had Different maps of Call of Duty, like around the giant map. And it was fun and different things like that, but it really wasn't anything different um, than other battle royales. And with the way that it was with picking up like weapons and stuff like that, I'd still rather play Apex at that point. Right. Um, When Warzone came out, with the map being a little more condensed, a little more congested, you were finding players so much more commonly. The movement of the game just felt more fluid. And it came out with a time when. Everybody was like forced to stay home for at least for the quote unquote two week lockdown, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um but that game took off. And I as somebody who didn't really love Battle Royales, like I played some Fortnite before it really took off. I actually remember playing with one of our other clanmates. Shout out to X Guardian. Um he was super into the PvE version of Fortnite when it was first like announced. Save the world. Save the world. And he had like codes and stuff and he gave it to a couple of us. We were playing, and I remember playing through that and stuff, but um I, it was bizarre to see the rise of the Battle Royale, um, which not unexpected, but it was just kind of bizarre to see. But in the right. same space, really a big lack of the competitive version. I remember Ninja and Dr. Lupo were, I think, uh, co-hosting or commentating on like a, like one of Fortnite's biggest tournaments. And it was re- I remember seeing like a lot of articles and, and tweets and stuff on the logistics end just because you know working in games industry it's interesting to see how these events are held and there's a lot that goes into it. So shout out to everybody that was part of that to making those things work, but that's just sort of like a a piece to explain that it's not easy to do battle Royales as truly competitive, like events and stuff like that.
0: I actually played some Apex last night. Really? I did. How Um, how was it? Shout out to the Cacklers. Nice. Um, It was not fun. Really? And it's not because I suck, which I do. But it's because the map design is so bad now in the default queue. Mm. Um, Like, you remember King's Canyon. I do. You would drop and you could hear where the fighting was. Yeah. And you knew how to get to it because you're in a canyon. Yeah. There's only so, so many places you can go. The new map is just a giant, like, circle. Mm. And it's pretty wide open. and. Okay you can literally just drop and not see anyone for half the match. Oh wow. That's And so you're you're forced into like the classic tilted towers hot drop if you want action.
1: That's my that has always been my issue with battle royals is like either land on the outskirts to like get your bearings or if you're showing a friend like hey this is this gun is better than this gun this is, you know, kind of the basics. It it almost feels like everything outside of tilted towers and like those couple of little areas like sp- on Fortnite specifically was for people that wanted to play slow or that were kind of getting their brains because, right. and that's what was so refreshing to me about um, Warzone and Apex. Uh, was that like it was hectic pretty much all the time, which is so much more fun than slowly playing through a 30 minute game and then it getting insanely hectic in the last like eight minutes when you're fighting everybody, right? Um,
0: and I feel Warzone's definitely kept that like spirit, yeah, because like. You know, Call of Duty just makes for that good, hectic gameplay. It does. Like, at its core. The problem with Warzone is, yet again, the map. Yeah. There's just nothing fresh about Warzone.
1: Yeah. I will... I'm trying to think. I, I think I could agree with you there. They tried making a lot of different changes to the the map in little ways lately with like the zombies and the invasion stuff like that i haven't gotten a chance to play it yet but Mm -hmm. uh beetle was telling me that like the new map is actually pretty legit and it's actually like a nice upgrade they had like the underground train system they had things that they added to that map that were less impactful that maybe they thought were going to be a little bit more impactful Mm -hmm. It just turned yeah, out.
0: Yeah, people are game. gonna play the exact same way they played before.
1: Right. It's just like when you when you don't have something that's like rotating, when you don't have a function of the game to force players to think and play differently, they're gonna just err on the side of how they've been playing because it's tried and true. They know what they're looking for. They know what to expect. They know how to progress through the game. Like, and once you learn right. a map, you can be like, okay, you know, we're you know we're in the middle here. Like, people are gonna be coming from TV station. People are gonna be like on the outskirts in the mountains. Like. People are gonna be in stadium waiting for the circle to rush, like different things like that. You're gonna just learn the map and you're gonna just play right. you know, regardless of where you decide to drop in.
0: Um I feel like the Battle Royale, like it really like hung on at the beginning of 2020. Like people were like, We have more free time, we're at home, we're gonna keep playing these like competitive games. But like that's fizzled out. Yeah. And like if you look at like what are the big 2020 games like that you can think of. Like, off the top of your head. Like, not a lot of really competitive titles. Even into 2021, we're at the same thing. Like, what are the big releases? Like, Valheim, Phasmophobia, Outriders. All these, like, flash in pan multiplayer, but non-competitive experiences.
1: I do agree. I'm mean, Val. Shout-outs to the team that made Valheim, because that game was, like, had the most insane pop, like... I think anybody mm-hmm. has like ever seen. Um
0: well they they took like everyone had like so like that formula's been done before. Oh, yeah. You know, you had like your conans and your, you know, your rust to a certain extent. Right. And your, you know, arc. Yeah. But they like realized that the worst part of the game is like no one likes having like really low resource drops and everyone just wants to build and then go fight bosses.
1: Yeah. That's the, and that is kind of like its its situation, right? Um And I mean, we've seen stuff too, like like Valheim had a crazy pop. Valheim got more popular than Call of Duty um, mm-hmm. in its in its time uh, that was on there. Fortnite has had a like an insane trend. I'm actually on um, for anybody interested in kind of following along. Uh, I'm on trends.google.com, um, which you can kind of punch in games and kind of just see. Basically, it's search terms, which doesn't necessarily give you like an amount of players, but it can see what things were searched for with, you know, YouTube and Google and different stuff like that. So you'll, you get a sense for what people were looking at. Um, Fortnite had a huge, huge, huge jump. Uh, I believe it was March of 2018. And then it stayed pretty consistent and it started to fizzle. It started to really fizzle or a year later, March 2019. It had some highs. Then it had mm-hmm. this... Drastic spike that it had a peak that it had never reached before, which was in October of 2019, which I believe was that one where they like deleted like the whole map. And if you was remember that,
0: that the um was that also like the like Marvel event and stuff like that? Like was that when they started adding like outside IPs in?
1: I think it was around that. Um, but and
0: like when they were doing like in-game concerts and stuff,
1: it was around that. I see some spikes yeah. that are that are surrounding that that are pretty high. But this one is higher than Fortnite has ever peaked, which has to be that like world deleting event because they did. They did a great job mm-hmm. marketing that um, on medias and different stuff like that. Um, then I'm looking at a game like, you know, Call of Duty, which has does not have anywhere near the spike. However, it's pretty consistent over the last year. Like it doesn't have right. as much of like kind of a delta between it. it's just stayed relatively as a consistent game.
0: That's because if they keep releasing a Call of Duty every year, that search result's going to be... That, like, typing Call of Duty into Google is going to be, like, relevant for years.
1: Well, this... I'm actually... <laughs> this is specifically just the Warzone. So this is... Oh, just typing this Warzone. just Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah.
0: That's more surprising. Yeah. um,
1: And it, it's been consistent. I think because last year it dropped, right? And, like, I don't know if about you, but for me, like, Fortnite, I played it. I'm like, this is cool. I understand why every, like... If I was in middle school and high school, I would I would be all over it. I would have, you know, I'm sure merch and everything, Nine Ways to Sunday. Um, it trends a little bit. I mean, just, just from my own perspective, if you, however old you are, if you play and love Fortnite, I got nothing but love for you. This is not a knock on any of that. Um, but Warzone tends to trend a little bit better, I think, with, like, adults from, like, 25 sure. to 35. I think that that age bracket kind of we grew up with Call of Duty a little bit more. Um and it, it's it just kind of the game's mode, like, the whole atmosphere of the game definitely serves um, kind of the older crowd, I think, when it comes to... I uh, hadn't thought game.
0: about Fortnite at all Yeah, until prepping for this.
1: Yeah. No, no same, honestly. I, I don't really see... But, like,
0: I used to see, like, posters for it and, like, toys being sold at Target. And I'm sure that's still out there. Yeah. But it's not a popular pop culture, like phenomena
1: yeah now it was it was 2018 through 2019 it had an amazing run like for like you know you were talking about like tv show hosts knowing you know the Fortnite dances and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it, it, it was gigantic um honestly it's still one of the bigger events i think in gaming i think ever let's look at halo i'm gonna throw halo into the engine and this is halo dating back to yeah halo is barely a blip on the radar compared to uh yeah to oh Fortnite yeah and stuff so it's it's interesting to sort of see where where people are looking, where people are going. And that's one of the things that I wanted to kind of
0: We had some variety in gameplay. Yes. Um like a mutual friend of ours just played in a Tarkov tournament mm-hmm. recently. And like, okay, yeah, it's not a giant tournament. We're not talking like an Evo or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's a game that's inherently built around Every single time you load in, it's going to be different. And there's, like, a real, like, function of gain and loss in the game. And that has been, like, super refreshing for me, at least. And I'm not alone because it's still sitting up near the top of, like, Twitch metrics.
1: Oh, absolutely. No, Tarkov is, Tarkov is super For popular. all of its
0: faults, hashtag don't use a mobile game engine to build a game. <laughs> but...
1: I'm with you know. Um, oh, of course. I'm I'm absolutely right there with you on that. Um, it, Tarkov is magnificent. Um, I'm terrible at it, so I don't play it. But um, yeah, Escape from Tarkov. For those unfamiliar, what Tarkov is is instead of a battle royale where you're jumping out of a you know a plane or a bus, whatever it is, and you're landing in you know a map, which gets you know, the rings going smaller and smaller and smaller until you basically have a playoff of the last couple of players that are in the game, and then you have one person emerging or, or one team. Uh, emerging victorious tarkov is has quite a few different elements and i'm actually super interested to see where the development of tarkov goes because i know it's it's technically still in beta right
0: yes and i can actually speak to this you can so um there's no real goal when you play right now other than to kill people and take their stuff (laughs) like there's some quests that you can do that get you access to better stuff to go kill people um and, like, some of them are, like, really challenging. But the developers have said that all those quests and stuff that are in the game right now are side quests. Like, there's technically going to be a campaign when the game is done. Hmm, okay. Which is really interesting to me. And they also have said that they want it to be more like an open world game where instead of, like, loading into a map, you can walk between all the maps. I have no idea how they're going to do that. That'd be
1: kind of insane. That would.
0: They have this, like, giant scope of vision for the game. Okay. And it's like already bogged down by like fake realism. Right. So, I'm excited. I enjoy myself every time I play, but it's too scary to play alone.
1: <laughs> There's a I was going to say for to just add on a little bit of what moose was saying. Um the the difference in Tarkov and a, and a battle royale is that in Tarkov you have two different choices for how you're going to queue into a game. If you can go into it as a scavenger Um, which is a very, very low spec character, has very, very basic guns and armor, if anything at all. Um, And essentially, you're thrown into a section of the map. Um, The the couple of maps that they have have a lot of different locations. So, like, there's I would say that there's a couple of themes, and then there are numerous maps within each, like, theme. And they all kind of connect, um, like Moose was saying earlier, with, like, the different kind of areas. But basically, a scavenger's goal is to run through... This uh, area, and quote unquote, escape from Tarkov. Um, and what that means is going through, going into buildings, you know, looting other, you know, players that have been, you know, you know, defeated on the map, finding their armor and trying their weapons. Trying to kill people if you can. Trying <laughs> to kill other people, other players and stuff if you can. But there's there's players and there's also NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and so when you're a scab, you actually like take control of an NPC, which is so you have a random loadout. And, like, you could spawn in as a scav and have something in your inventory worth, like, hundreds of thousands of rubles. And you're like, oh, crap. I need to get to the extract. Like, I can't dilly-dally because this is, like, a net positive for me just from loading in. But the problem with Tarkov is literally if it moves, you kill it. And And so the AI wants to kill you. Other players want to kill you other scavs will kill you.
1: <laughs> that is kind of the cool thing about it. too. And I, I was going to just uh, and add please add on to this as as uh, as you see fit. The scavengers basically the entire goal as a scav is to just kind of run through, get some supplies for your cash which you have as as kind of like your account so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um you know earn, you know either something of value to sell to the um you know to the NPCs in game in your in your kind of uh, storage house um but basically get go in grab some stuff and then just dip before you get right, before you get killed cuz you're going to go in as a scav way less kitted out than a player running mm-hmm. the other it's like mode, a, which is a raid which I would you know love to have you give a, uh
0: some of a some spin. of the more popular like streamers call it like the every 15 minute bank account top off <laughs> <laughs> you, where you like you're just running in getting some money and getting out so you can fund your main character
1: it's awesome Uh, I actually love that kind of whole aspect to it. It didn't really click for me at first when I was first playing. Um, But then I realized, I was was like, oh, scavengers are basically just, we're running through, hoping that we don't get destroyed by, like, a player who's actually in a raid. Um, But we're interacting with them, we're trying to make it through, and getting, like, stuff for our account, and then the real meat and potatoes of the game is running raids.
0: Exactly. Like, because... Joy of Tarkov is it combines like the addictive like PVP of like a really solid shooter minus their netcode issues which is an entire issue in and of itself. But if you want like a game where like the guns feel like guns like as you're using them and stuff, they actually go out with the real guns and like test the ballistics, like there's different ammo for each gun, you can like fully mod the guns with attachments and it actually Changes everything, and it doesn't feel like a Call of Duty, like, aim simulator. Yeah, um,
1: Call of Duty is a very arcadey game, whereas Tarkov is... Tarkov is technically classified, I think, as a military sim. Um, kind
0: of? Yeah, I guess so. Like, if you get shot in the leg, like, you limp around with a broken leg. Like, yeah. it's... Not for the faint of heart, and that's why I say it's a horror game. <laughs> it's a horror game first.
1: It's definitely scary. You don't you don't have a HUD to tell you if you got you know if you got a kill, what it was. You don't have a HUD to tell you how much health you have. You don't have a HUD to tell you how many bullets are in a magazine. You'll take no.
0: You have to know the hotkeys. You actually actually have to physically pull the mag out and do a mag check to know. And it if your skill's not high enough, where like the mag is huge, it won't go oh, you're at 15 of 20. It'll be like, you're at approximately half full. Mm. That is, like, and,
1: um, that's awesome. But for me, as, like, <laughs> I play best, like, for, for FPS games, I am all about the super fast, like, Twitch kind of games. Like, I love Unreal Tournament. Um, I do really enjoy Call of Duty Warzone. Um, mm-hmm. Those games that are super, super, super high adrenaline that, like, you're not necessarily worried about, like, the super pinpoint ballistics of your weapons and right it might be that i am such a stickler for netcode and good like actual like quality of network connections and servers that i would rather play games that are a little bit, little bit more simplistic a little bit more like
0: so tarkov definitely has like desync issues mm. which is like something people have been complaining about for a long time and they keep constantly upgrading their servers and like it gets a little better but not really and like there's a bunch of like errors and bugs and stuff but it's a beta game you know yeah what can i say
1: i was gonna say it's really fun technically fortnite is even still in beta to be honest is I, it? I believe is it? i believe don't tell me that. i believe it's technically still in beta that's that's also let's talk about that for a second it kind of became one of the staples almost of like gaming
0: in the past
1: i want i don't want to say last year I want to say no.
0: It's been a long time.
1: At least I want to say like 2017 to present. It's 2021 right Right. now. The last four to five years have been all about you know studios putting out a game that may not be finished, but are kind of unsure of how gaming communities and and the audiences will accept it. Which I think, honestly, in principle, is a pretty good idea. You know, if I was working at a game studio, if I was the head of development and I was, you know, making a decision, going, "Hey, let let's call this unfinished. But we've got a really right. good thing here and let's release it to a limited audience, um, which I think was given um, some some weight by the Steam workshop, um, allowing games to, quote unquote, be released in early access, which Makes is that, essentially yes. you, you you give them money. You know, it's, it's usually not a full triple A price of like 50 or 60 dollars. Sometimes it can be. But typically, these are smaller game studios that are going, "Hey, you know, for 14 bucks, you can get into the early access. Um, we're gonna, you can play the game as it is. You can give us feedback. That's like the big thing. Is it's it's drumming up um, free feedback from the community who've given you money to play the game, which you might sound like you might think like, it's wow, that's like ridiculous. If, but
0: when you think about it, it's also kind of like a like, I don't want to say scumbaggy, but it's like a." innately dishonest form of like getting like player metric it definitely kind of
1: is and i think the last like player engagement yeah i and i I think that's i think everybody kind of knew that that's what it was in the last year um i have seen companies become way more forthright with actually like telling people like hey like you're participating in early access you can pre-order the game to get early access if you want you know, but this is early access. And the good thing about that is, like, especially with something like Steam, if you get into early access, you're playing a game, you're waiting for a game, and maybe you're playing that game through months or a year. And before launch, you go, this isn't what I really expected. They're about to launch the game. I'm kind of well, unhappy. I can get, you know, a refund with it.
0: We both know, like, who started this trend. Who who technically did? Hashtag Bethesda. Uh,
1: i mean to be fair bethesda games to be
0: expected still bethesda games
1: still aren't finished we're still modding skyrim
0: right exactly but the thing is they delivered a good product like this is true skyrim great like playing it out of the box like on your console was fun yeah you know and people got what they expected what the last couple years have given us are no man's sky and cyberpunk
1: yes okay yeah i mean that's yeah do you want do you want to talk about cyberpunk because i kind of saw that
0: it's uh sitting in my uh library i beat the game and every once in a while i pull up the old nexus mods and i take a look at it and i say to myself (laughs) oh wow there's a lot of like cool stuff and then i tell myself i don't really want to sit and do it yeah. Like, with the Bethesda game, I'll do that in a heartbeat, but, like, the shell of Cyberpunk itself was, like, uh, it's not a bad game by any stretch, mm. but everyone thought that it was going to be as good as The Witcher.
1: I think The Witcher set the bar so high, and The Witcher also had two other games to sort of get its f- mm-hmm. formula
0: together, I want to say. Right. I'd call Cyberpunk probably equal to, like, A Witcher 2.
1: Mm, okay which you know and
0: witcher 2 wasn't bad it wasn't it just it was popular. it wasn't it wasn't great it
1: wasn't witcher 3 though witcher 3 is kind no. of what everybody thinks of and i think coming from that studio um and hearing a lot of things about development that game was in development for so they, long it was the
0: crunch the cr- like like 2020 year of the crunch
1: yeah we've seen we've seen that from a lot of studios i mean back even in um 2019 uh a, a favorite of mine, Mortal Kombat 11, Um, they initially had more, um, the the way that the characters were going to be functioning was a little bit more free-forming. Normally in a fighting game, characters have their moves and that's that. Um, They were originally going to have you being able to pick whatever moves you want from a pool that kind of used up Mm -hmm. points um, and fight with that character online, in ranked, in tournaments, all that stuff. Um, They kind of had, they released a quasi version of that. They released two tournament builds for each
0: character. Yeah, yeah. You have to like you have the kind of like fighting styles you can pick from.
1: Yes, and then they sort yeah. of iterated on it like a little bit later and things like that. But <clears throat> one of the things that was talked about was studio crunch, and that was kind of like, hey, there was a lot of crunch going on. They didn't want to do more, so we're gonna you know add in that feature kind of the way that it was meant to be um, handled later. But here's the you know the base game right now, which I think is it's fine. I would rather have a product that I can enjoy without having without knowing that. You know the the people that are working to make these games are suffering. Uh, we saw that too. I know you and I have been looking forward to the like the biggest release since the inception of this game, which is Minecraft. Um, the cave, mm-hmm. the the legendary cave update was supposed to come out um, over right. the summer, and we just learned recently that it's been pushed back to the winter. Um, yeah,
0: so they're so they're not pushing the full update back. They're actually splitting it. So 1.17 is going to have some of the stuff. Okay. Um, but 1.18 is going to be the world gen.
1: Got it. Okay, so they're going to put some of the functionality into 1.17. Right. That makes sense.
0: So, like, they keep releasing. They actually released another snapshot today. Very nice. Um, let's check that of, out. Of like some of the new stuff coming out, and like, I love Minecraft. Who doesn't? They could never do anything to ruin it for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it is that it, it, it kind of is your game. Like, you don't really, you aren't really beholden to a particular update. You know, for for example, if, if mm-hmm. you know, if we want to go play Destiny years from now, we're playing whatever patched version of Destiny is. Hand cannons will function however they're decided to function for the meta at that time. We can't go back and play our favorite version of hand cannons. Whereas in Minecraft, no. we can go and get whatever build we want. You know, from we can get a build from, you know, 2013 if we want and throw mods on there right. and pretend like it's the version of 2013 and just enjoy it the way that it was. So Minecraft is definitely um, its own uh, kind of unique experience there, which is which is super. I mean, it's Minecraft, right? Let's let's actually throw Minecraft yeah. into the uh, the list to see
0: as a um, Minecraft side
1: more popular than Fortnite. And oh, yeah, that it has. Was, to. Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: That's Wow. That's cool. Like, we we talk about Fortnite making people's careers. Minecraft has definitely made more people's careers.
1: I guess I uh, from Minecraft, whenever I'm looking up how to do something, sometimes it's, like, some person that made one video, and they have, like, montage music at the beginning, and they're just like, hey, what's <laughs> yeah. up, guys? This is how you do this, you do this. And they're kind of just, like, mumbling their way through, but I'm like, well, it's all right, I'm like, I figured out how to, like, how to do
0: it. Like, people are farming the YouTube algorithm. That's true. You know, at a certain point. Yeah. Like there's a template for how to do things now, but like if you link of like, if you want to look at like YouTube channels and like metrics and stuff like that, like Minecraft huge.
1: Yeah, it's tremendous. Um, February of this year actually is its biggest spike in the last in the in the concurrent twelve months. Um, which is that interesting. was
0: around when Caves and Cliffs was announced. Probi- it was, probably it was. Probably the announcement of Caves yeah. and Cliffs. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. so That makes sense. Uh, Skyrim is still holding up to Skyrim is somehow more popular than um, <laughs> League of Legends which is kind of crazy too because League of Legends was like the big esports right. game uh, before Fortnite specifically
0: now um, before I wrap around to the big I we've been neglecting a big thing that happened in esports
1: what's that hit us with it
0: um, but before before I hit it sure um, I got my Minecraft soundtrack on vinyl and mail oh
1: that's awesome It's beautiful. I'm super jealous of that. You got the the orange cover, right? The yeah, the beta version. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super awesome. It's so beautiful. I remember. I think I bought the original Minecraft soundtrack on like Bandcamp before like C418 was like Mm -hmm. putting his music out on like other platforms and stuff. I remember just being like, God, when did I buy it? I think I started playing Minecraft in 2012 or 2013. I started playing when it came out on Xbox 360s Marketplace. Okay. Um okay. I had friends that played on a PC. I, played, I didn't have a PC, but I remember that. And I remember shortly after I was like I need to do whatever it takes to own this music because it's so soothing and I need it.
0: I played like way back when it was first like introduced. That's awesome. Like, like, is on my laptop. Do you have It was horrible. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I've played that version. I've gone back to play that that version of it. Um which is something cuz there is I know there was um for a while there, I know um, I did a little bit of a, a writing review and guides for a Minecraft, like a, a publication site. And I remember having to look at, I forget which the name of the version of it was, but it basically is a version of Minecraft, an early, early, early build.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: talking about like point zero zero something. Uh, it plays in a web browser and it lets you kind of connect. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. The- yeah, for- the old versions used to let you do it via web browser. I
1: forget exactly which version it was. I don't think there I don't think there was a player hand in the game, like it was super 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 old. I'm trying to think.
0: I don't I'm get, not going to share this link with you, but I want you to know this exists. What is that? There's videos of young, young straight out of high school me. Wow. Making Minecraft tutorials out there, but I'm not sharing. Oh yet. my god!
1: How have you never told me about this before?
0: I just remembered. Oh, my God.
1: I'm going (laughs) to... I even
0: co-hosted... I was on a server with some people. Oh, my God. And I co-hosted, like, a weekly thing on YouTube. No way. I kind of
1: want to find a way to bribe you to show me. Um, (laughs) I might show you. I would would love to see that. Um, Yeah, Minecraft makes total sense that it's, like, still uh, rising in popularity and still maintaining its popularity through, through the years, which is, I think the original i remember my friends chatting about it i think it was 2009 was like the alphas or something like that
0: yeah Um, yeah it was
1: yeah yeah like literally 2009 you're talking about in 2009 the iphone like the app store wasn't like a year old yet
0: i started playing minecraft in 2009 yeah
1: that's that sounds about right i didn't i didn't play until 2013 but i i like to think that i made up for it in time spent in the game after (laughs) discovering it um
0: but uh circling back to what i was Dancing around earlier. The biggest
1: esports game, yeah. What? uh No,
0: the biggest esports oh, like reason for decline. Reason
1: for decline. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. You it's don't remember
0: the Me Too debacle uh, for Smash and all of the fighting game communities ooh, and everything. Yeah, that spiraled into all the gaming universe happened in twenty twenty.
1: You're right. I guess I kind of like I hated everything about that, so I.
0: I know. That, I. I it's amazing how like it's been like kind of forgotten already. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's still resonating to this day.
1: So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, for those of you who don't know, the FGC in in my tag stands for fighting game community because um, it was the first gaming community that I've ever been a part in. Um, I used to play very regularly um, at a couple of different local arcades. Um, fighting games were something that's been. Uh, part of my life since childhood really i was i was five years old playing mortal kombat 2 on easter sunday um don't ask me how that combination of things <laughs> was put together but long story short mortal kombat 2 was in an easter basket um and at at five years old you don't question
0: you're like yes oh. okay
1: um lo and behold
0: no, i have to say though yeah props to your parents for Mortal Kombat at five years old. For not knowing. For not knowing, <laughs> <laughs> for not for knowing really,
1: yeah. he is everything. Literally <laughs> it's, getting... Okay.
0: Get, it's in the name, Mortal Kombat.
1: It kind of is, but I think at that point in the 90s, everything was just like, you know, Killer Instinct and, you know, different Street Fighter. Also Killer like Instinct. It's fine. It's okay. just, it was the 90s. Everything... Streets just, of rage. Nothing, nothing bad happened in the 90s, Moose. You know that. Um, That's true. F- best um, aesthetic as well absolute who doesn't love teal and like gray
0: and geometric shapes
1: geometric shapes with like huge gross amounts of drop shadow underneath
0: peak peak shopping mall mm-hmm.
1: fuzzy lines palm trees weird carpets the whole line but um but anyway uh the fighting game community suffice to say it's been a huge part um i've traveled to tournaments um i've played locally i even do um as a, a visual effects editor i run youtube accounts for a couple of pro players um i love fighting games um it's a big it's a big part of my uh you know gaming experience it's even part of my work that's part of your um, identity it's, it's part of it yeah so that's that's kind of where the fgc kind of uh, you know it fits uh, in the tag um but the long story short for those of you who aren't familiar who don't want the entire rundown of it um the fighting game community was one of the emerging Uh, esports communities um, in the early 2000s um, from the competition I'm sure people have seen you know a Street Fighter 2 cabinet in a pizzeria it's been part of you know gaming you know competitive gaming for a long period of time Um, so throughout the 2000s originally there was a tournament called Battle by the Bay uh, which evolved no pun intended into the the name Evolution so Evolution 2k was the name of a little fledgling company that, you know, a couple of members of the community put together to sort of organize um, sort of this Super Bowl of fighting games. Um, Mm -hmm. And for those who maybe are coming at this from an understanding of regular esports, like League of Legends, you know, Overwatch, different things like that, um, those esports are typically put on, um, you know, know, or even Halo from the MLG days. Um, Those were put on by a company, like a corporation, and they were typically, um, those would be invite only. Like, you would have to... You know, for, for Overwatch, you need to be a registered team in the Overwatch League to be able to participate in the league and different things like that. Um, same for League of Legends, same for lots of other esports. Yeah, it
0: was always, like, college brackets and, like, different, like, sponsored teams and stuff. Yeah. And you'd have to, like, qualify. Yeah. When I think of, like, Evo and, like, the fighting game scene, mm-hmm. I think of it as, like, the trusty thing that was always there. It is the epitome like,
1: of grassroots. It is yeah, like, 100% that.
0: You know, Fortnite would go through its tournament cycle. COD would then have its tournament cycle, and like, you always knew that you could tune in at a certain time and a certain day, and like, there would be a fighting game. Yes. Like tournament going.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it be kind of, it, it became a really really regular thing. Um, with you know channels like Team Spooky, um, who had started up the first, um, New York East Coast based you know weekly local tournament. We have Wednesday night fights mm-hmm. out on the West Coast. And these are things that you could catch the streams on, you know, every week, which is, you know, playing off with local players. And those are just, you know, the two kind of biggest ones for the coasts. Um, but Evo was something special. It developed from playing at uh, like the um, the auditorium of like a local college um, all the way up to in 2019 before um, COVID. Um, Evo Sunday finals were in the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Like that is a gigantic a jump. famous arena. Um, playing in front of, like, so many people just locally that were there just to watch the spectacle and the crazy stage and stuff that they've had. Um, And And it wasn't artificial. It wasn't. It wasn't at all. Like,
0: it wasn't, like, um, Valve or, like, Bungie or another game studio said, we have to throw this, let's rent this venue and just hype it up.
1: No, this is, literally, this is grassroots. So It grew so much that Capcom, Bandai Namco, um, all of the fighting game studios would regularly send representatives to evo so that in between the the finals of the event they would it is very customary to announce dlc a new game what have you at the event it was it was the fighting game super bowl that didn't require you to be any pro player literally it's an open competition um so you're talking about like when street fighter 5 launched in 2016 the summer of 2016 the entrance for Street Fighter V were over 5,000 players just for Street Fighter alone. Um, Finals, I remember being, I believe it being over 200,000 viewers on Twitch. And now that's in 2016, which Twitch has blown up so much more since 2016. But that year alone, like that is an insane amount of participation from people that just owned a copy of the game or maybe didn't own a copy of the game that just played at their local or played with their friend and were just like, I'm going to go into this tournament and I'm gonna just throw down the bracket. And that's kind of the beauty of it is there's no, there's a ton of famous players and personalities from the FGC, but it's never been a disconnect like it. you see it with a lot of other gaming communities. And that's one of the reason why I love it so much. You can walk up to a pro player and just ask them a question. Like I, I've talked when I was, when I was a lad, um, you know, very new to really competing FGC. I remember being in line at a hotel Starbucks um, asking a pro player I just saw like he had an arcade stick that I liked we started chatting about it and it, that's what we, we had we were, we were chatting together both as parts uh, two different parts of the community I was there to go oh and two right. he was there to make it into top eight um but that's sort of the beauty of it so the long story short is that I love the fighting game community it's amazing and in 2020 there was a massive uh near extinction level event one of the co- right,
0: because if you were in the Starbucks coffee line, you were probably like a target for being groomed.
1: For depending on which tournament you went to? Yes, absolutely. Um, It was found that one of the co-founders of uh, Evo had some um, allegations against them, um, which were disturbing enough that this person, this individual, um, kind of admitted to them and then immediately was separated from Evo as a brand, um, Mm -hmm. which was the right thing to do um, for Evo. And a lot of people even thought that EVO was going to sort of cease being an event. Um, but interestingly enough, to kind of cap this bit off, and then we'll go into the rest of it, um, Sony purchased EVO, the company, um, just a couple, I remember that. short couple of months ago, which was kind of crazy because we went from 2019 being like, is this the last EVO? Because 2020 happened. It, you know right. It was going to be an online event. Then it was pushed back. Then this whole bombshell happened, to which the event was canceled. Um, and then, you know, just a few short months ago, we found out that Evo will be online this summer and that Sony has purchased, um, the brand Evo, which is,
0: you know, when a insane. company is buying it though, they're going to have like community guidelines. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. People are going to have to be on their best behavior.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, there was, um, when the Capcom pro tour was part of evolution, um, and it was, evolution was one of the main events on the Capcom pro tour, but the Capcom pro tour events, um, being officially sanctioned from Capcom, the company that developed Street Fighter, there were their own set of rules, and those rules pretty quickly were adapted by most of the other um, tournaments. Because for a lot of the tournaments, um, you're talking about CEO Combo Breaker, you know, Defend the North, um, all these, you know, NorCal Regionals, SoCal Regionals, all these tournaments have people whose livelihoods are, you know, a big part of this tournament. Like there is, it's such a big deal that people can have. Jobs' careers more than just a hobby to do with um with competitive gaming, which is super interesting. But in 2020, on top of the bombshell year that it was with COVID, um, we had stuff like that going on with one of its founders, which thankfully for Evo was kind of a situation that that person could be cut out pretty right. swiftly, which I think is the absolute best. But it's, best it's thing spiraled. To do. It spiraled because I think it it sort of gave some folks um who had been. Having to give people a voice. Yeah, it gave people a voice. So people that had been kind of sitting on, you know, a relative experience that didn't necessarily have the confidence to come forward to be heard, um, it gave them kind of wind to be, you know, to lift them up and be like, hey, I feel confident dropping this now. Mm -hmm. And then it just sort of, like, it unraveled. The fighting game community separately was very disrupted by it. The Smash Brothers community was nearly decimated by
0: it. We've had a, like, even before we knew this happened, we were always joking about how Smash players are their own worst enemy, mm-hmm. and like this happened, and like it, it's, is I'm pretty sure it's still in shambles.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, it, it it absolutely. It's not going to recover. It absolutely is. I I have a feeling it may recover at some points. Um, I don't want to go too too far into those uh no those details of it. I think there are some members that feel the same that I do about the fighting community um, that want Smash to be separated from that, to be able to cut that out. I think in the FGC's case, cutting this one individual out and, and a handful of individuals that weren't related but were kind of similar situations, Right. I think it was very easier, much, much, much easier to pluck those people and remove them from the community than in Smash's case because it's a much the roots ran much, much, much deeper. Um, but I
0: think, like, overall, like, it, it's just like the fighting game void is there in the competitive 2021 gaming landscape. It is. Landscape. It
1: absolutely is, which sort of does supplant into to we'll take a shift away from kind of what the bombshell that happened in 2020 to what's going on in in, uh, in this year into 2021. Um, The leak that came out last earlier this week that turned out to be fake, but like maybe kind uh, of yeah. isn't, which is the Project L. Um, for those of you who don't know who know a little bit of fighting games, um, Riot, the maker of League of Legends, um, a few years back purchased an indie fighting game called Rising Thunder, and along with it, they kind of picked up uh, the other co-founders of EVO, which is uh, Tom and Tony Cannon, um, the Cannon brothers, to consult or to be officially, I'm not sure if they're, what their official role is, with Riot. I know they're working for Riot on Riot's fighting game. Um so that was kind of like a leak thing that came out. Um, right. Even And you
0: know, if someone from Riot is like tweeting about something that's like not had details released, that never happens. It does not
1: happen. It does not ever happen. Um, so that kind of gives it certainly a little bit more uh, of credence of, of being valid. Um, but that's kind of a thing that we've been sitting on waiting, not sitting on, but we've been waiting to hear more about because um, with all of the growth of the Capcom pro tour, with the Tekken World Tour and various other um, world tours for um, other SNK games, and even Soul Calibur, which was amazingly got its own world tour, there still is a lot of room for tournaments to grow. Um, and it's kind of, and I could definitely talk about this at length, but um, Wii Esports now has been a meme in the FGC for a long period of time. Um, <laughs> because. There was its own brand of the grassroots going from a very, very, very beloved grassroots type of organization um, and uh, event running to something Mm -hmm. that has more corporate sponsors and a little bit more corporate interest. It's definitely has its own growing pains. um, But Riot Games has been has shown that they've been insanely successful at developing League of Legends into a premier competitive brand, um, especially in the early yeah, 2010s, it's a full IP. yeah, um, you know they have legends, or um, is it Legends of Runeterra, the card game? Um, yeah, another very successful and like, game. They
0: make like music videos and stuff to like promote their games and stuff. They do a, like they do it's a great uh,
1: job with some of that stuff. Now I know Riot's culture as a studio, right? Absolutely in question. So we
0: can we can have an entire episode to talk about gaming studios. We could
1: just talk about the dirt on a whole episode, um, but suffice to say the community is still looking for not necessarily riot to come in and save the day for the fighting community, but, um, any welcome competitor in this, in the spirit of fighting games, the community has always been looking for, uh, a company, a studio, a whatever, a what have you to kind of take the challenge and sort of step into the arena, um, to bring in a competitive, you know, fighting game to see where it kind of takes it, where it inspires other studios to, uh, to, to, turn and pivot as well so it's um it's certainly been all i know an interesting thing. is
0: you know that the 2021 competitive scene is in shambles when some of the biggest names in competitive gaming are on age of empires 2
1: you know what i was talking about this before i kind of love to see it because without any prompting before i even knew any of that um i've been i've been quite busy the past couple weeks and uh I haven't really had time to play games too much, but um, me and Kyle, um, he wanted to like, he was like, do you want to like do like a group watch on like Hulu and stuff? And like, we couldn't get it going. And like, I kind of hated the whole way that like the group watch goes. like, I wanted one person to be able to pause it for everybody and be on point. But I was like, you know what? I was like, do you want to play Age of Empires? And he was like, sure, I'll install it. Mm -hmm. So we reinstalled Age of Empires and we started playing. And lo and behold, like it's had a burst in popularity lately now. Right. Did I have anything to do with that? Can't confirm. I thought I saw an because I myself I, don't know.
0: I don't have a source for this, but I could have swore I saw an article on one of the big gaming websites the other day about someone big in the like gaming industry trying to make a new RTS.
1: I there may have been a link from me. I I had sent our group chat um, a message about. Um, the I believe the former team of StarCraft 2. Um, that sounds about resco- right. Because,
0: I mean, Blizzard's having an exodus right Blizzard now. Blizzard
1: is having a mass exodus. Jeff Kaplan, the legend, just left. Um, Blizzard, uh, the, the former employees that kind of had a, a big hand in uh, StarCraft were developing an RTS. Um, so I, I think that may have been where you've seen it from. But
0: I know Kaplan's, like, brainchild was mostly, like, Overwatch and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That does not bode well for Overwatch 2 the way no
1: not at all um, um, I was a big fan of overwatch at the start um, I had the, the very fortunate opportunity to actually work on um, a docu-series for the uh, season uh, finale of overwatch League year one um, I was live at the event which was awesome a lot of a lot of energy and mm-hmm. the crowd was insane the stage was insane um, but that was um, 2019 popularity for for overwatch has definitely gone down since then, uh, right. and they announced Overwatch Two, which I, I don't know that that's a good move personally. Like, I think games having long legacies is better, and I understand that after a certain amount of time, you do have to update the engine to make the game more.
0: <laughs> I really don't viable. think Overwatch needed a sequel. Not now. Like M- not right now. Not
1: right now. Maybe at the maybe at like a six or seven year mark, but, but not right now.
0: Like. Now think about like Blizzard, like separate them from Activision in your mind mm-hmm. for a second. Yeah, because you know Activision's just an umbrella, right? What does Blizzard have now to make money? Because like Diablo two, yeah, Diablo two remaster,
1: Diablo, which four. is going to be a
0: flash in the plan, Diablo four, which is going to be years,
1: Diablo ago. mobile,
0: yes, <laughs> World <laughs> Warcraft, is it World of Warcraft mobile. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, uh, Burning Crusade, I know, is coming out soon for Wild yeah, Classic. Yeah, because
0: they killed Hots. Yeah, I saw you. They playing They killed them the, the other Overwatch day. Pro scene. I did. I did play some Hots. They
1: they did kill the Overwatch Pro scene. I don't really know why or how. They they made some very questionable meta like patch decisions to change things. Um,
0: and they ended, like, a lot of, like, the tournament support and, like... Yeah. Well, they all... Like, they did a lot of, like, weird reorganization. What they
1: also did is change the pricing model, I believe, for the way that the uh, orgs functioned, mm. um, which sort of did... That'll do it. And, yep. It sort of disrupted kind of the flow. I know there was an increasing cost. I think there was something where, it, like, it seemed like a good thing at first, but when, like, the math kind of came out, it was going to cost the orgs
0: more to send their players around because they... You know who did that... In the last week or two as well. Who's that? Um, MTG. Magic? And it, yeah, it caused, like, some big stir. Really? What happened? Yeah, so, like, they have this, like, rivals program where, like, basically they throw these tournaments. And, like, basically anyone who's, like, high up on the ladder and, like, a bunch of streamers and stuff compete in this tournament. Mm-hmm. And if you don't hit the metric to, like, get over the threshold, you don't get sponsored oh, with, like, a monthly paycheck shit. by... So um, you
1: get like relegated, almost kind of like uh,
0: yeah, yeah, by wizards. Ugh. And so a few big and growing streamers and like YouTube content producers yeah. ended up failing out of the tournament, not because of losing, like in actual gameplay, but based on tournament brackets and people intentionally tying.
1: Oh god, that sucks. And
0: so they lost their like livelihood. That's overnight. Sucks. And it caused, like, a big stir because Wizards announced, like, not only were they not putting more money, like, into that, yeah. but they, like, a lot of content producers were, like, given the new sets, the cards, like, a day or two early so they could, like, put out content and, like, mm-hmm. you know, drum up the set as, like, advertising right, for Wizards and get their views. And they said they're not doing that anymore either. Why? They're spending the budget on hiring, like, big-name celebrities uh, so like expect expect to see like a logan paul why unboxing rather than an actual magic place. So, so that's we'll we'll,
1: we'll kind of we'll, this will be our our last uh discussion we'll we'll kind of end on this the, like for okay so long story short too i know that i've mentioned that i've i've done a bunch of i have i've found myself in a very fortunate position in a bunch of different places in life when i was 16 years old my first job ever was working at wizards of the coast retail store um, mm-hmm. when you're a nerd, when you're a nerd at 16 and you get to run league on the weekends and all your friends are there and like you're working, you go downstairs, you get a double whopper. Maybe you get like a blizzard from the Dairy Queen. Like it's a good ass time. So I'll just preface up by saying that. Right. Um, but I had the pleasure and the fortunate, um, connection to work at Wizards of the Coast retail store. Um, and so I've, I've also been a TCG player. Like since I was a kid, I've won a number of tournaments, actually most of my, S- slightly ashamed most of my tournament wins are from Yu-Gi-Oh. but anyway um
0: i mean that's, there's nothing wrong with that it was a good it was it was it was a good game we could, was a we, good could
1: game. we could go in depth on uh, Yu-Gi-Oh on another podcast we can have a tcg episode we absolutely can um but for for magic and for tcgs in general that bringing celebrities into your marketing to me mm-hmm. to me as somebody who You know, I'm not like, you know, I I don't get super upset when I see people do advertising stuff. I understand the business. I understand how business models work. I understand metrics. I understand decisions made to increase popularity, to increase brand recognition, to bring in more viewers, to get more eyes on your product. But when you're going to just go and find somebody who already has good metrics, stick cards in their hand and, like, Mm -hmm. expect that to have a good, like... A good reaction from your long-term audience, which for Magic the Gathering, we're talking about nineteen ninety-three here. Um, you that no, like no, like why?
0: You want to hear an example of this? Sure, I'll the newest set. Um, MTG mm-hmm. set that just came out, and you know how they just released um, Arena on mobile.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right? Okay. Who do you think is in the advertisements? That are running right now on YouTube and stuff. Who? In it. Who? You'll never expect this. Who? Day nine. Okay. Okay. Cool. Fine. Plays right. it. Danny Trejo. Okay.
1: Random, but Danny Trejo's. And cool. Patton
0: Oswald. In a like five minute sketch about how they're all roommates living together. Okay. Patton, playing- Patton
1: Oswald, I'm down for because right. like his humor has always been like that he is just like you're just classic like nerd personality and he's just a beloved actor and I actually remember there was it was an episode of a show that he was on I just remember his character like he was having trouble like finding a date and he's like he broke up or he broke up with some girl and he's like but how am I going to get another girl that was a you know level 8 judge at Magic the Gathering and I remember that being like a punchline <laughs> and I was like huh I was like that's magic the gathering in pop culture and this was like in the early two thousands, I want to say I don't remember what show right. was or anything, but was that what was he on? Uh, he was on a couple of It may have been was it King of Queens? It may have been King of Queens because he was a recurring character on that, and that was around the time period. Um, so Patton and Oswald yeah, get absolutely. I think that's fine. Um, Dane Trejo, I mean, like that's I I could see him actually legitimately playing Magic the Gathering. So I I'm, I was just blown away though. I'm not mad at that, but like I'm more mad at like like why would like, I get Logan Paul's trying to, like, change his image and, like, he's been doing a lot of stuff with yeah. Pokemon. Well, they
0: had Hassan spoil a card for the new set. Really? And I love watching Hassan. Yeah, I just... Not to get into politics. I but. just, like...
1: It's one of those things where, like... So, that's cool and all. And, like, for those creators, if, if you know, if he's really into it or if, you know... Let's just say for the sake the of the argument that Logan Paul is really into Magic the Gathering, that's fine. But when you're when you're Wizards of the Coast, why would you not at least supplant that with some other... Like, get, give a couple cards to them to spoil, but give mm-hmm. a larger number to your known community members and content creators. Like, wouldn't it just make more sense to have a player revealing them that loves your game, right. that and is that's part like- of your community? Like, th- that's that is a huge gripe of mine, is gaming and companies... Their marketing department's deciding to just go mega, 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 like, let's be, you know, let's do a huge ad campaign. Like, I'm not knocking your way to get a buck, but, like, remember who got you to where you are at the same time. Exactly. That's my only beef with that, like.
0: Well, that's because, like, they know that, like, these content creators are, like, going to keep playing the game. It's their livelihood now. Yeah. And so, like, they're like, okay, we don't have to give them the freebies.
1: That sucks. Straight up. Like that sucks. There's there's yeah. no real way around that.
0: Speaking of freebies. Yeah. You know what's not free? Twitch Prime. Winning at Trials of Osiris anymore. <laughs> winning
1: a winning at Trials of Osiris is definitely <laughs> not free. It's never been free. Um yeah. yeah, that was our our clan has had several weekends of misery in trials. Um
0: I was legitimately mad the last time we played. I
1: know, I could tell. Um I I like playing Trials of Osiris. Even if we just get, you know, we run a couple of cards to try to get our members like the three win weapon and complete like the weekly bounty. Um they have, they need they need something new.
0: Destiny is its own clan of like can of worms. Destiny like, is its own can of worms not only is the PvP meta completely just messed up because of stasis still
1: don't even get me but sweating. like
0: if I load into a six v six match and I have to wonder how many cheaters and recovers I'm gonna play in this casual game mode? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really, really disappointed. I mean, what a better, and what a better way? I don't understand why Bungie won't like. I mean, I know why, and we can touch on this when we talk about transmog. But there's a reason why they don't enforce their TOS when it comes to like recovers, and it's because to get into trials you have to own, I think either Beyond Light or. Season pass. Um, I think it's a season pass, like Shadow Keep or something like that. And so basically, every time they do a band wave, someone that's just another round of sales.
1: Yeah, uh, in terms of, I mean, we can we can go into Destiny a little bit. I don't mind. Um, Bottle. I mean, our clan, the Caffeines, was built on Destiny. Um, playing it in 2014, um, we've been friends ever since, and have picked up you know more and more members quality Uh quality members over the years that's kind of seen
0: many a destiny killer we've seen many a destiny killer
1: Uh, we've played many every
0: every every season is the make or break season every
1: season, be like dude this season man this season's (laughs) this is really it this is really it for destiny you know this is it we've had that conversation so many times where i refuse anthems coming out i refuse to even have it anymore because i'm like no i'm like shut just shut your mouth like no they're they're all destiny killers destiny is the only (laughs) thing that can kill destiny Borderlands 3 is coming. Borderlands up. 3 is coming out, dude. I'm done with Destiny. An- Anthem's coming Anthem's out. Anthem's coming, dude. Um, you know they're
0: making a Division 3 side as on the side. God bless them. I, I think Division's cool. I, I,
1: I would kind of. It's going to be the Destiny killer. It's going to be, you know, that <laughs> season, whatever season that that the game releases, it's really going to be make or break for Destiny at that point. It is. Taking King Two really going to be make or break. <laughs> this is it. This is kind of where the franchise, it's where it lives or dies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, those are those are meme conversations that if you've been a part of the Destiny community, you have absolutely had or watched people have on social media. Um, but yeah, the long story short is uh, I'm not, I'm not going to uninstall Destiny. We're not not playing Destiny. Um, we actually have uh, a really cool uh, thing to do with Destiny uh, coming out shortly, which um, if you haven't, follow us on... All of our social medias, whatever your preference is, we are Caffeines GG most of the time. Uh, on Twitch we are just caffeines. Um so give us uh give us a follow for that if you want to keep uh keep an eye on our other content. Um but long story short, like we're not installing Destiny by any means, but we're also really not playing it all that much. I
0: just got the exotic that I missed last time.
1: The heir uh, Apparent Guardian games. Yeah,
0: I got the catalyst to drop on the first down. Oh wow,
1: you must have been so happy. So
0: no, because now I have like, that made me have to feel like I need to do Guardian Games. Do so you need to do Guardian to Games complete to complete it? Ga- or can you just... Can you just yep. Oh,
1: okay. How long is Guardian Games yep. run for?
0: Another, like, two weeks, I think. Uh, maybe. Ugh. I, yeah, and you have to earn, like, 50 medals. And then you have to get, like, kills in, like, the playlist And, like, oh, it's a long, drawn-out thing to get uh, the cast.
1: Guardian Games is not fun. I'm sorry. It's not. This season was way better than the other seasons have been, but like at a certain point like I don't care about leveling the war table or whatever it is. Like
0: I'm the opposite. This is I think my least played season.
1: Really? The Warmind. The, this season around this time last year, the Warmind season, the Last Guardian games was when I was just like, like I'm not playing this. This is I terrible. just
0: hit season pass 100. Okay. Like of the last time I played. Gotcha. And normally I'm like chugging through. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's just cabal. I hate the cabal.
1: The like the model is, is fine. Like they're building Lauren's story, but my I, I stand behind this. I would rather not have seasons and have months of a drought and get hit with one massive expansion that takes yeah. me months to play through rather than have a see. like I don't like seasonal models. I, I'll be honest. I'm not
0: saying next season is make or break. But it's make or break. I'm not saying That's that That's when Vault. Of but Alaska I'm just saying right. that um Vault of glass is supposed to be next to Yeah. I mean we're gonna obviously And go so to Vault of glass. I'm really worried that they're gonna like have had so much of their development team and porting Vault of Glass in. That, like, the season content itself is going to really suffer. I honestly... And next season's going to be really bad. I
1: honestly don't really even mind. I'm going to log on to play Vault of Glass a bunch of times a week as if we got the band. We always say that. But, like, is it would be the same as if we got the band back together to play Vault of Glass on D1. on That's true. On console. Like, I'm going to log in to enjoy Vault of Glass.
0: I don't think I ever cleared Vault of Glass with you all. Really? You had to have. Maybe once or twice, but... You
1: absolutely had to have.
0: I'll go back I and I don't look. know. Yeah, we should look. I'm I'm positive because you, you know, no, we did in Moment of Triumph. Yeah, but not the or, not the original clears. Maybe not the original. No, not the
1: original clears because you guys joined our. That was Cackles. Yeah, you guys joined our guild, our clan in uh, Taken King. Yeah. Um. So that that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Vault of Glass is gonna be good. Like I said, it's gonna be one of those things where like I love playing difficult high end PvP content, and I love playing difficult <laughs> high end PVE content. I would love if our good raids. friend. I love x raids.
0: Guardian listens to this. He'll get this uh, precursor that I'm about to give him. Oh. He's gonna get the vault, uh, the Vex Mythic class first drop. Yeah,
1: and none of us are gonna get it for like a month.
0: Yep. Bam, um, x Guardian, there's your curse. And that's it's all of our curses. If you listen to this, you'll know. Yeah. If not, I'm not gonna mention it. Yeah.
1: That's fine. Maybe he'll only be cursed <laughs> if he listens to the podcast. Who knows? <laughs> it's possible. His own fate is in his hands. Um, yeah, that that's kind of like give me Vault of Glass. I don't really care about seasonal content personally. I know there's some folks that it gives them kind of a thing to do when they log on during the weeks. That's great. It does not do it for me. I honestly, I feel a little depressed because I don't care. Like, I feel like I should care as, you know, the leader of the clan, the founder of the Caffeines, the one who's always getting everybody together to raid. I feel bad for not Mm -hmm. caring, but I just don't.
0: Right.
1: Um... I would rather I care. I, would, I care about jackets. I care about jackets. I do care about jackets. I would rather just run raids. Give me more jackets Funchy. Uh the Guardian Games jacket's actually kind of cool.
0: The like the track mm, jacket. I don't count it. I, it's not in my actual. It's a fake jacket it's a in my fake opinion. Jacket. Yeah, um, it's there's no way to like compare a Guardians Games jacket to like a raid jacket. Right. No, absolutely.
1: I but I, I I'll say I do like how I like the actual jacket. I like how integrated Bungie has like the physical rewards. I think that is kind of a cool thing.
0: Yeah, know. they're the one, one company that's done that. They do.
1: I mean, I, I absolutely, really don't like the, the like the way the Destiny has been going for a lot of its like regular season content. But Bungie is slaying it with their like reward system and like their like real right. world integration um and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, I mean,
0: and Twabs like the, most
1: companies don't do a weekly update. Like that's yeah, I think not affect We
0: as like entrenched destiny players have to like realize that we've gotten like special privilege from this co- company that like seems to legitimately care about their product. Oh yeah. More than other companies. And like, we've taken it to such an extreme that like, I don't know. We're probably a little bit at fault at times. I'm sure
1: I'll, I'll absolutely but, um, admit that. that that's, at the same
0: time, if you're a big nameless faceless company, I'm holding you to the highest of standards. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whoever you are
0: yeah john bungie
1: john destiny have you have you could you imagine meeting john destiny
0: (laughs) you ever you thought you should invest in gold but you should invest in silver
1: (laughs) oh uh with transmog you can
0: (laughs) i mean someone bought like 200 i know to
1: to meme it i know i'm sure they've
0: yeah but they actually spent the money
1: I was gonna say I'm I'm Destiny. pretty sure that creator I think has probably earned maybe that amount from their earnings.
0: That's beyond that's beyond a meme.
1: That is that's a transcendent meme for sure.
0: I I'm, I'm still heated over this debacle.
1: I'm pretty heated too. Uh, long story short, for those of you who uh, are maybe casual Destiny players aren't familiar with the transmog situation. Um, transmogrification is a thing that's in a lot of video games, especially ones that revolve around loot, which Destiny does. Um, and it's essentially what it is, is um, when you unlock a piece of gear, armor, you know, in a game, loot progresses, loot gets phased out to where you can't use all of it anymore. And the cosmetic look of it is something that kind of typically in Destiny, you've had to sort of leave behind um, the looks for your character and different things like that. Um, for a lot of games, World of Warcraft, Diablo, things like that have had transmog systems where essentially once you unlock a piece of gear, that's its look gets added to your collection book. And whatever gear you're currently equipped with, whatever stats it has, you can, you know, apply an effect to it in game to make it look like the look of an armor piece of your, you know, something that you've had that you can no longer get or use, um, but you know, a look that you can still achieve in game, whether it be like old raid armor or old seasonal ornaments or something like that. Um, it's cool. It was announced about a year ago that it's going to be coming to Destiny. Um, everybody was super, super, super excited about it. Um, because there is some really cool armor, um, and stuff in game. Now, uh, last week's TWAB, which is this week at Bungie, um, announced the way that Transmog is going to be working, and the you know with the typical uh shtick with Destiny, um, there is a convoluted new economy material there's system. There's a bounty system. There's a bounty system involved in converting uh, pieces of armor to universal ornaments which you might go okay fine you know they want you to play the game you know they'll.
0: yeah there's i think three intermediary currencies yeah there's right s- after we had the destiny content vault and retirement of currencies. retiring used currencies used we're gonna as an excuse we're gonna
1: bring out more currencies which the game has always suffered from an economy issue since you know destiny. when i
0: want to transmog in something like i don't know wow i just go and spend the equivalent of glimmer i just go and take gold Mm-hmm. And I just apply it, and I'm good to go. Yeah, it's a like, currency
1: that you earn passively in the game for doing basically everything. Right. This currency is not like that. You have to, you have a preset allotment that you can earn in the game. Um, so only every season, you only have a certain amount that you'll be able to get as a cap. Um, such to the extent that um, Paul Tassy, um, the Forbes uh, writer for Destiny, did the math and essentially through the seasons, if you wanted to unlock all of the armor that is currently available in the collections tab in the game it will take 33 fucking years um if you don't A long time. if you don't want to spend real money which why would you when you're buying other cosmetics anyway and i've seen and tons of apologists on social media going oh you guys are complaining you guys are only going to use you know maybe 5 or 10 sets it's not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, just suck it up and earn it.
1: It's, it is a big deal because it doesn't matter what you think our intentions are. The fact remains that there is a stupid artificial wall implemented by the studio okay. to prevent us or to encourage us to spend real money. Now, right.
0: for me... Especially on things we've already earned. Oh, exactly,
1: already earned. I'm the kind of person where I buy the season pass, I buy all the DLC, and normally what I do is on the Steam store, Bungie makes a little... Um, package of silver, which is the the physical, you know, or not the physical, but the digital currency that you spend real money on in Destiny. Um and if you buy the allotment, I think it's usually like fifteen or twenty dollars, you get mm-hmm. it comes along yeah. with a special emote or, you know, pose that is yeah. unlocked in the game.
0: There's like a little like here's there, a, like new a season. little pack, like a little, here's a little bonus. Yeah, a little
1: starter pack for the season for those that want to spend the money on it. I usually get those because I go, it's basically my cautionary fund of my, my purse for the for the season of going Oh, shit, that ornament is awesome. Let me get that. I have the money in my wallet ready to go. Like, that's been my my modus operandi, like, since, you know, the seasonal model was introduced. I don't mm-hmm. mind the seasonal model. I don't mind free-to-play games at all. I really, truly, truly, truly don't. So let me preface that. But when you get your player base hyped up on unlocking and finally being able to use some of the looks that they've earned over the past few years in your game, and then you wall them behind this stupid model um, and heavily incentivize them to spend real money on things that they already have earned or bought right. in game. Shame on you. Straight up. There's while
0: also introducing new looks and sets to dilute the pool even further, even further. Every few months. Yeah.
1: I understand the Eververse sets. I understand that you can also earn them with bright dust. I think that's great. And I think that it's it incentivizes you to do bounties and to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do um, in order to get enough bright dust to get the emotes. With that said, a lot of the emotes and the ships and things like that are exorbitantly expensive for what they are. I bought um the the uh the transmat effect, like the the synth wave looking one.
0: Uh, yeah, it, I didn't like it, I'll be honest. Uh, it's
1: fine. Like I, I wanted it, so I was like fine. It was four hundred bright dust. Yeah. That's a lot for mm-hmm. a transmat effect, to be honest.
0: That's a shader now.
1: Um that's also ridiculous. Um
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's not good.
1: I so I really don't know like I no one has minded the prices like a typical. I'm pretty sure Bungie hired an economist. I, I'm sure they did. Like the the weapon ornaments were, I think, typically 700 silver, which is about six mm-hmm. to seven dollars, which that's fine. Yeah. The f- and it was like
0: 12 to 1400 bright dust, mm-hmm. which is fine.
1: The um an armor set like a full like Eververse season armor set, I believe, ran you 6,000 bright dust or 1,500 silver, which is about fifteen mm-hmm. like twelve to fifteen dollars if you buy it in the um bundle increments that's you know that's fair it's 15 bucks you know if you want a new right. look for a full character you can make the price cheaper by spending some bright dust on it as the pieces come through the shop that's what i usually do and i'll usually fit you know finish off the set with last with you know a couple bucks um which i like there was no problem doing like i never had a problem with the the eververse shop it was a little bit annoying because you know i, I remember when garden of salvation came out the armor set from the raid was an exact carbon copy, you know, albeit dressed uh-huh. up of a cosmetic silver only right. set from a year or two prior. Um and there's there's been loot economy issues. But I think it sort of comes to a head with the transmog pricing model. Um this is what it's egregious. There were so it's really there it.
0: were two stickling points that made it like I went from like, wow, this really sucks to I'm actually angry. And it was like, the fact that there's a limit, I'm one of those people who's probably not going to be affected too much mm-hmm. on the limit. Because um, I mostly am just in it for PvP and just, you yeah. know, goofing off. Um, But there are people out there who, like, dedicate their time to, like, fashion. There are. In the game. And what made me really, really mad was a few months ago with the Content Vault. They told us, you know, if you earned these... O- Armors. Just delete them to free yes, up space.
1: They did tell us that.
0: Because you'll be able to transmog it. Yes. And so I had usable raid sets. Yeah. From cause they had brought back um Leviathan mm-hmm. and um oh god, what was the one that from with Anarchy as a drop?
1: Um Scourge of the Past.
0: Scourge of the Past. I had the full sets of those with not great stat rolls, but usable stat rolls mm-hmm. that I deleted thinking I would have access to the transmats. Same. Yeah. And now I'd have to use my entire next season's worth of transmog tokens to get just those. Yeah, and it's like
1: we—that's—I've been mostly playing just my my main character, my Titan. But like, I I'm the kind of person where I would play the game more, I would do more of the seasonal stuff overlapping with me just playing the game, if I knew that I could pick away, albeit slowly, at a no capped system for getting transmog right yeah. now i feel like oh uh, i should do it before this day because then that's when like the allotment resets i hate that crap like
0: put it in and that's the thing people have no been asking on. for like something concrete to grind at yeah this was that this was that. like
1: imagine like imagine just starting from the white sets to the green sets to the blue sets to the purple sets and just starting from the bottom. And then grinding your way all the way through,
0: bam! And then everything. Perfect it opportunity been fun. for them to have had a title called like Collector. Sure. Like there's,
1: there's just so many opportunities, and I have a feeling that we're gonna see Bungie, you know, do a one eighty on this, as we've seen them do with a lot of stuff.
0: Oh, they're gonna do the classic company move, where they threw out the worst option mm-hmm. preemptively because okay. seeing how people would react I, to it. The, uh, tweet by the like community devs, which I love. I love the community depths, Nothing bad to them. No, not at all. But the message, like, "Oh, we're gonna like take a closer look at this," like came out like right after. Yeah, the they article. had it typed up. And I was they like, "You preemptively knew about of this." Of course. absolutely. And um, there's that, and the bright dust change for the shaders has already soured my mood I, for the next. I season. could
1: honestly see the um, the community managers seeing what the company was going to do and going fuck like we're we're gonna be the we're gonna be ones handling the flack from this and i think that sucks too because i don't it wasn't them the community managers weren't deciding how to no they don't nickel and dime it's not even like the people who
0: make destiny who make those decisions it's like the it's the marketing team yeah exactly
1: like, the, the people designing the beautiful assets, the people that are tweaking the encounters, the people that are designing raid elements, they're not going, hey, let's screw the community out of Transmog and piss them off. Like, they're not. Right. And that's... We're... Just to always be clear about that, that's kind of always been our criticism, like, with, with within Caffeines. Because this is a conversation yeah. that we've had a thousand times over. And that was... I
0: love the people who make the game.
1: A thousand percent. A thousand times over. They've made a, they've made a game that has brought real... Fl- IRL friends together to play games together and broadened the reach of our friend group as a whole right. you and i are friends the because fact, of destiny like we, we the know fact each that we can destiny, say
0: so. like uh bungee meme we're listening we're taking your feedback in consideration yeah. is a joke because like it's not only so is much. it like a constant theme but at least they're a company that does it yeah that's yeah so like we have it's also like giving credit in a certain way yeah Cause like, I can't think of any other games with as active community death. Not at all,
1: not at all. Um, like, it's the twabs are, are great, even if they're it's even if it's a dry twab, it's still good to know that like that's happening and that there's a focus on it. And sometimes, like, the, the content, the uh, con- or the um, community managers will be like, Hey, twabs light this week, you know, it was a DLC launch or something like that, you know, see you guys out there, you know. And they'll kind of preface it being like, hey, like, it's going to be a pretty dry twab. Don't even, you know, you don't have mm-hmm. to bother. It's nothing, nothing <laughs> juicy in there to, like, be revealed about the game. Bungie absolutely is better than so many other companies the, with um, communication.
0: The big funny thing I read this week was um, DMG, like, tweeted out that he was, like, doing his first replay of Skyrim. Yeah. Like, since release. Like, and everyone was like, uh-huh, Bungie dead, or Destiny dead game. Oh, my God, <laughs> of course they did. Even the devs aren't playing their own game. I'm like, okay. Of course, yeah, because he's not allowed to play anything else. Oh yeah, it's yeah.
1: like that's ridiculous. I I think, and we're gonna talk more about this on kind of our new rebirth of the podcast is uh, gaming culture in general. It it definitely is bizarrely developing into its own thing, and I think I think a lot of folks kind of need to to shake that off. To be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, guys, thank you again for watching. For those of you who have made it to the end, uh, we talked about a lot of good stuff today, and Moose and I have a lot more uh, stuff to say. As you can by sure tell, I can
0: talk for hours endlessly about anything endlessly. Give send me send us feedback on the Twitter. send us your feedback. What do you want to hear about? Give us. You want me to talk about books? I'll talk give about us books. A topic. Do you want to hear about the records I've been collecting? I'll talk about music. We just let me we can know.
1: post that stuff on the uh the clan Instagram. Caffeines at Caffeines GG. Plugs. Plugs. But anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. I'm sure you're listening to this on your favorite podcast version. It should be available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, uh, maybe whatever so the other thing. We do it through Anchor and it kind of pushes it out to all of them. So um wherever you found us, we're glad to have you here. Um check out our streams. We stream on Twitch. Throughout the week, you can catch myself, Moose, Ixlock, um, and potentially some other members soon um, on Twitch and all of Go our ahead. VODs and clips on YouTube and Instagram. So, for us at the Caffeines, thank you for watching our returning episode to the Caffeines cast. This has been episode 26 for Perk. We're going to sign off. Moose, do you have any closing thoughts?
0: Um, hail yourself. Hail
1: yourselves. <laughs> have a good one guys hope you're having a good day or night whatever it's been and thank you again for listening and yeah. watching we'll see you next time
0: see ya